Blog Talk Radio. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. I'm winging it in no time. Winging it. Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Hancock, back in the hosting chair because it's trade deadline day. And who better to talk about the trade deadline and break things down analytically than me? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Also joining me are two people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Graham and Kyle. JJ will be joining us momentarily. He's having some technical difficulties with technical things. But uh, Graham and Kyle, how are you? Good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm solid. Is it snowing there? Uh, Not snowing. We're not supposed to get any more snow until Tuesday, and we will break the record for most snow in the history of Boston. Wow. That is so It is. It is. It looks like it's raining, but I think that's just Bruins fans' tears because their oh! team did nothing today. <laughs> I love it. But we're not here. Chris to, Stewart. We're not here to talk about Brett Connolly being traded for Johnny Boychuk. Basically, we're here to talk about the Red Wings and what might be our restored faith in Ken Holland. Would that be a good way to put? Hey. The overall thoughts of today? Yeah, he, yeah he's he's trending in the right direction. I mean, it's hard not mm-hmm. to look at what he did today and go, yeah, that's that's more like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about think about the difference from this year to last year. I mean, that that's huge because last year it was, yeah. you know, you're talking about a desperation move to maybe make the playoffs. And I realize that the Wings are in a different position this time around, but right. he, there were no overpayments. And some people are saying he, they overpaid for Cole. I don't think they did personally, but that's no. me. But the Zidlicki deal, a, a third-round pick, just one draft pick for a defenseman who's going to shore up some depth and, um, and is a rental, that's exactly the kind of move that we wanted them to make last year, but they couldn't and, because they were yeah. too desperate. And, of course, with the conditions on the picks in both deals, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody will agree. If they reach that Eastern Conference final or they reach the the Stanley Cup final, we don't give a shit. Take those picks. Completely worth it. Oh, yeah. I mean... Take take the pick and shove it up your ass. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if it... It means if you know if a third round pick turns into a second because the Red Wings are in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, I can't imagine there's a single fan out there who's like, "Oh man, I really, uh, we're not going to have as good a draft pick in 2016 as we were." I'm sure uh, there will so. be, but oh, I'm sure somebody will. But <laughs> fuck that. Looking at your Twitter. Looking at your Twitter. Twitter, yeah, yeah. Looking at you. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I, I think I feel great about it. I mean, obviously they're two rental players, but the great thing is is that, man, did you pay, you know, you paid a somewhat hefty bill for 
Cole. I mean, you paid a basically you paid a second round pick because Backman and and uh, Janmark were never they were never going to make it. They were never going to be a part of the team. Um, they weren't even depth guys. Um, and then you get this, you know, you deal up a second round pick, and if you don't make the Eastern Conference Finals or he doesn't play what uh, over fifty percent of the game, you get a third round pick and. I mean, if that happens, that's a good third-round pick because Dallas isn't good. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's a good trade, and Eric Cole is a good player. You know, he's 36, but he skates like he's in his 20s. Um, he's, he's scoring this year, which is great. Um, hopefully he can come in and play uh, with Dastus or Zetterberg and just, uh, you know, move the piano. Um and then on the other hand, you got Merrick Sidlitsky, who is 38 years old, veteran uh, puck moving defenseman, uh, led the uh, New Jersey Devils in power play points. Um, it just uh, you know has that right hand shot that uh, you know we've been banging our head against the wall for how long now? Um, and uh, he's coming from New Jersey, and he's going to wear Brian Rafalski's number, which is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> Well, and speaking of veteran defensemen, uh, JJ is now on the show with us. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Wow, just show up whenever you want. It's fine. (laughs) Shut up, JJ. Do you do you have do you have any initial thoughts? Hellos. We haven't really gotten into the nitty gritty of anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't figure I'd miss anything important because I haven't been talking. So, um, I'm happy. <clears throat> that's good. <laughs> I just noticed what you did. My name, you dickhead. <laughs> All right, that's don't, it. Don't, Kyle was you on just happy. So keep moving. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled right now. Yeah, I like. Uh, I think. Um, I think Zidlitsky's going to be a good one. He's going to get power play signs. Um, I think that they should probably just keep him in the third pair, maybe give him some second pair time. Um, there's a lot of fans out there I've read that want this guy on the top pair instead of Erickson. While Erickson is not good, I just don't think that's a great idea to put a 38-year-old defenseman and deploy him like how Cronwell has been deployed. That'd be brutal. He'd be dead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Well, the the knock on Tidlicky uh, is that he is not a fast skater. And if you look at the teams that the Wings are going to be playing against, Montreal, Tampa, yeah, um, you know you're going to get one of those two probably in the first round. Those are both two really fast teams, so you can't have a, a slow 38 year old guy out there against. Uh, you know, you think about either of those top two lines for Tampa or the the top line for uh, for Montreal. I mean, he'll get burned. You can right. you have the ability to shelter him on the third pairing with shit. I don't know. I've actually started to kind of tinker with what I think line should be, what I think pairing should be. And, and at this point, I still don't know where Zidlicki should go because if Quincy's healthy, they won't break up DeKaiser Quincy. And mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to play Zidlicki with Marchenko because, I mean, Marchenko's hurt he's going to be out for what, seven to 10 days. So it's kind of not really a big deal now, but when he comes back, you don't put, you don't get a righty to play two righties together. 
So one of the existing pairings is going to have to be broken up. I'm I'm curious to see who it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're not going to play Zizlicky top pairing. I mean, I, I think ease him in. You know, the whole point of this trade is is depth. So you've got a top four that, God help me, has actually performed. Mm, I guess they're 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 not overachieving, but they're achieving so far this year. Um, I said, don't really mess with it right now. Just, you know, put Zidlicki in uh, on the third pair, see what he can do, and then tinker from there. And yeah, that's the Zidlicki, same, same with Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Well, I think they're going to, I think they're going to give Cole, they're going to put him right on that two swing to go. Like, who is it? I mean, we'll see, we'll see in the, when the morning skate, when they hit line rushes, but I think they're just going to try and, and put him like right, right into the fire, but maybe not. I could be wrong. Um, it might have been it might have been Khan in one of his posts. I thought he there was a Babcock quote or something, or the, the thought was that Babcock likes him next to Hank. Yeah, which, which we don't have right now. Well, he might. Be yeah, there he'll 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 play Wednesday. Yeah, which I yeah I like that too. I think that'd be great. Um, but I was gonna say about Zelitsky is, um, and a lot of people wouldn't like hearing it, but. Um, like if you read over like scouting reports on him and stuff like that, some of the downsides to him are that um, he's just not very strong, and that's why you don't want a guy like him on your top pair. Um, and he's prone to making those those you know those fart brain decisions in the defensive zone when he's under pressure. Um, and then you know so there's a the that can happen, um, and I feel like he's probably going to have a couple of fart head moments, and we're all going to roll our eyes and probably be kind of pissed off, but um, we didn't get him to be a defensive defenseman, really, I don't think. We got him to be a fucking, you know, a, a power play weapon, basically. I, that's what I think he is. So you're saying him and Smith... And a, guy who can, a, guy who can move, a guy who can move the puck quickly, you know, get it the fuck out of the zone. So you're saying him and Smith on the third pair is going to be an adventure. <laughs> it is going to be a very – it's going to have a lot of unicorns, yeah. Unicorns and rainbows. I don't know. I mean, Zidlowski is a uh, not a, a great skater, but uh, honestly, neither is Quincy. And I think that they've done yeah. a pretty good job of uh, hiding that fact with the way that they deploy um, – I think that uh, pairing him with a, a better skater like uh, Ouellette or Smith and let those guys be the the chase-down guys, whereas Zitliski is just the, uh, you know, the outlet valve with the good pass, uh, I think that's got a good a good opportunity to, to do well. Because he's not an awful skater. I mean, he's not uh, Andreas Lilia on Quaaludes, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do we I, even I have, like... Be, do we have a defenseman that's like truly elite, an elite skater? Like, I guess Cronwell would be the closest thing to it. Erickson is, I mean, Erickson, he's lanky and big, and um, same Erickson thing with the Kaiser. Credit for how well he skates. Huh? I think Erickson is. I think Erickson is a much better skater than he gets credit for. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he's a fine yeah, skater. But the Kaiser's not fast. Kaiser's an excellent skater. Well, I mean, fast. I don't know how many defensemen are out there that you would call fast skaters. It's it's a different 
it's different. Like Lidstrom was never a fast skater. Right. Yeah, I so, think that what we've got is we've got Cronwell's got a good uh, first couple steps. Erickson is actually pretty uh, pretty fluid at speed. Uh, DeKaiser is is an okay all around skater, and he's a little faster than I expected. Uh, Quincy is strong on his skates, but he's not a great skater. <clears throat> um, Smith is he's both speedy and he turns really well. Um, he's yeah. probably the closest to an elite skater we've got. Um, mm-hmm. Woulette and Marchenko. I, I, Woulette is, is way more mobile than Marchenko is, but I think mm-hmm. Marchenko has is, is really snuck up on me with, with how well he gets around the ice. So uh, we don't have yeah. awful skaters, but yeah, our our defense um, is gonna they're gonna rely on the forwards making sure that it's not gonna be foot races from the opponent's blue line all the way back to the goal because they're gonna lose a lot of those. Which is yeah, where Cole will come in. Yeah, because he's a very good skater. For a 36-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's, like, it's always funny to talk about, like, and think about what draft picks could potentially end up being. So, right now, we're out a third-round pick. As of right now, we're out a third-round pick and a second-round pick. So, we have our first-round pick, which is fucking great. We have that. Um so I think that I think that Ken Holland is going to flip the fuck out of that first round pick come draft time and nab a later first round pick and a second round pick or two third, second round well, picks well, or a second and a third. He won't well, hopefully there won't be a later first round. First round. Bro, yeah, that's true. Whatever. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> If we can get two picks in the in the top forty, that would be fantastic. I don't think it'll happen, but um, yeah. Petrello says that he's got like forty guys that could easily be first rounders. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I think that our our first round pick is going to be fairly late, and so it's it's not going to be quite as easy to flip it for for high quality for higher quality picks. But we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah, well. Who knows? Maybe they had a good scouting year, and quantity over quality will will be okay. David in our chat says that uh, Zidlewski is a second pairing guy. He's a great skater on offense. Sometimes if he's going back, but he belongs with a two way defenseman, not a shutdown guy. Uh, would be pretty good with DeKaiser or Erickson. Okay. So, so what about well, this then? What if we we you get Cronwell and Smith or Cronwell and Marchenko? You keep Quincy and Kaiser together, and then you have Erickson and Zidlitsky as your third pair. I don't think that Erickson is going to be busted from the first pair. Mm -mm. I don't think it's going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah, too stubborn of a coach. Yeah, too stubborn of a coach. No, if 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 he hasn't been bumped from that pairing yet, with with how inconsistent, because I mean. It, his inconsistency isn't something that it's that we're noticing. I mean, it's there are stories being written by the diggers about how he needs to get more consistent this year. So, I mean, if that's happening, it's something that that's being noticed by other people. So, if he's right. not off the top pairing by now, he's not coming off the top pairing unless he gets hurt. Right. So the we're yeah. just basically it's going to be a mix and match of Smith, Ouellette, Marchenko, and Sidlitsky on that third pair. 
I think they're going to yeah, move. I, I think they're going to move them around until they figure out, you know, what they want to do. But I think that top pairing is going to remain the exact same uh, as it is, and I think it's the, uh, I think it's the bottom four that are going to get mm-hmm. moved around. And you know, if somebody's playing well, they're going to get in the lineup. Um, if somebody's out, they're going to get bumped out. I don't know. Yeah, speaking just from a, a total guess, is I would say that Babcock's hopes uh, for Zidlitsky are uh, a good Jakob Kindle. Like everything that Kindle was supposed to be, I think he he thinks he's got in in Zidlitsky. So that's the kind of usage you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I would love to have a good Jakob Kindle. Yeah, me too. That would actually be really great. I'd love to have a decent Jakob Kindle. Definitely I'd like a trade of Jakob Kindle, honestly. Yeah, we, that should have I, happened. You know, I, I'm torn on that. I, I Initially, I thought that, yeah, you know, I'd like to see him traded. And then I thought, you know what? Just, he did play decent when he first got back in the lineup after his uh, conditioning stint when Quincy got hurt. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, if, if God forbid if somebody gets hurt, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think he's I, the ninth part defenseman. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just... If it gets that bad, <laughs> I don't know. God forbid if four people get hurt. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm talking myself into this, but I like know. I don't know. There's just there's there's the idea that it's just that it's death. Um, and Adam we still, right. we never still heard. Off. Oh yeah. Thank yeah. God. <clears throat> Honestly, I, I would imagine. Uh, I wonder if Ouellette would be called up before uh, Kindle got back if, if there was like a long term injury to somebody. Oh, I would probably guarantee that. I mean, that's basically what he's done all season long, right? Well, the difference is now you've added Zidlicki into the mix. So, you won the mm-hmm. spot. So, would they call Would they call him up? I don't know. I don't know. If they got two injuries, they'd call him up. I don't know. I guess it just depends on what Babcock says. It's funny that you mentioned that because, I mean... The one thing I thought of is these two moves, they to me they scream Babcock, don't they? I mean these are well, yeah. these really are players cold. that these are players the Holland I mean he kinda goes after every once in a while, but I don't know, to me there's just something about this. It's like it's almost like I could see Babcock going to Holland and saying, This is what I want, this is what I need if we're gonna win this year and Holland saying I will do my best to get that for you, but we're not fucking up the rebuild because that's still going. Right. And like, like them coming to an agreement where it's like, if you can get Cole, because it sounds like they've talked about Cole, and it sounds like they've been talking about Sidlicky for a while because Colleen's been talking about him. Right. But of course. That, that's that's like it's the perfect it's the perfect marriage is you get these two depth guys who are Babcock players. Cole's a Babcock player for sure. Uh, Zidlicki mm-hmm. is. And nothing is effective in the future. You've lost two prospects who were never coming and two draft picks. And one of the draft picks, you're actually kind of almost getting back from Dallas because everybody seems to forget we're getting a third back from Dallas unless they make the conference finals, in which case, who cares? We're in the conference finals. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So really, I think the net loss of yeah. the net loss of draft picks is only one draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, New Jersey could probably have gotten way more for Zidlitsky. Um Well, maybe not way more, but definitely more. But his uh, his trade list kind of doomed him. Huh? Yeah, that's what uh, Lamorella was telling the the New Jersey press yeah. that apparently there were better offers out there. But uh, Zidlitsky, uh he said he wanted to go to Detroit, so he, he shut down better offers. Or he wanted. Yep. I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily say he wanted to go to Detroit. But there was, he made it pretty clear that uh, Zidlitsky had uh, had shot down offers that Lamorello would have rather taken. Which I thought, play, thought players didn't want to come to Detroit. Oh, weird what winning will do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know what I like players. is that um, essentially Babcock has said a couple times this year this has been like the best Red Wings team he's had since 2009, uh, which I really like. And then you think about the moves that they made, and essentially I think – I think I agree with you that with Graham that this is a, a Babcockian move because essentially it's like, well, I'd like I'd rather have the best Red Wings team since you know 2008, and that team uh, had uh, Dallas Drake and Brian Arfalski on it, and that's yeah. kind of the moves mm-hmm. that got made today or the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't think yeah. Zelensky is Brian Arfalski, but he's Arfalski light, and obviously Lidstrom is not coming back, so he's not going to have the best team since '08. That team was fucking insane. Well, you have Smith now, though. Yeah. What does he have? Like, what does he have? Like two goals this season? Four, I think. Three. Oh God. Yeah. Hey, good for him. He has what? Like some Luke Lindenning. Luke Lindenning is forward. Two against Dallas. So what? It's Luke fucking Glendenning. Kindle gets power play time. Yeah. Here we go. Break out the violin. <laughs> at least I don't have to. At least I don't have to buy my Brendan Smith Maple Leafs jersey. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet and I, I, I <laughs> think even if we lost draft picks, because it's I, I love the the conditions that got put on these on these trades. With the Red Wings will lose more draft picks if. Uh, they made the conference finals, and then it, it'll get a little worse if they make the Stanley Cup finals. Because at that point, we're like, "Who fucking cares?" Right. Um, <laughs> and everything that we didn't like, that, that you know, that didn't happen. Well, I mean, there's tons more trading at the draft, so it's possible right. we are able to to salvage some of this stuff and and get some picks back. Um, I'm pretty well, sure we'll we say. Will. Yeah, or we'll trade for Fanoff. That'll be our first round pick. Do do Fuck we want to get into Fanuf now? Sure. Fuck old it. deal that I, yeah, deal I, I I dealt with that whole fiasco for like six hours today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were the champ on the blog today. <laughs> the tweets coming in like this. Yeah, I broke. Yeah, you, I broke SB Nation. Broke SB Nation. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like, had like eight straight posts for us. Yeah, I know because Dreger yeah. said something, of course, and then fucking um, one of the TSN guys said something, and then someone else over at fucking Sportsnet said, "No, no, they're not in anymore. They don't want to retain salary." And then TSN is like, "Yes, they fucking do." And then <laughs> the diggers, you know, chimed in, and then it was just a big mess. Yeah. Now on the Fanuf thing, I'm. If what is being reported is is true that um, Mantha was the the hill that <laughs> Toronto was going to die on, yeah, they, um, 
First of all, that got that got reported by Kyprios, who, who let's not forget right. that's the guy who said Suter to Detroit was a done deal. Uh, that's the guy who, during the Yandel trade, said that Girardi wasn't the big piece of that. So, uh, Kyprios mm-hmm. has like I, he's actually got sources that are fucking with him, or he's just an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know necessarily that it's true. I mean, I'm I'm willing to believe it because it also sounds like one of those. Well, fuck it, man. we're Toronto. We just might as well take a shot to see if yeah. they'll do something stupid. If not, we can. We're confident that we'll be able to trade for enough in the off season, so it's not a big deal right. if we don't get rid of him today. Um, mm-hmm. But if it was going to be like Weiss, Kindle, and I don't know if I didn't Weiss, Kindle, and a first, but Weiss, Kindle, and a and a prospect, sure, yeah, I'd pull the trigger on that if, if they would have held back two million dollars. Weiss, Kindle, and Sproul. Yeah, sure. I'd have done that. Weiss, as long as they held it two, two million. Oh yeah, Weiss, Kindle, and Smith, I'd do before Sproul. What if it, what if it's only a million and a half? No deal. Two million. So it's a no, five point five. They, they can eat the five. They can eat the five hundred thousand. They can fucking eat that. They're rebuilding for the next five years. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, you know when it, when it came when it came out that they were asking for math. It's like, look, I think every single trade proposal with the Red Wings starts with, hey, what about Mantha? And Helen's like, no, fuck you. And they go, okay, fine, yeah. let's actually talk for real. So, you know, I mean, the Leafs, the problem with the Leafs is that they they were not bargaining from a position of strength on this one. I mean, Detroit right. has clearly shown they didn't they didn't need Fanuff. Um, so it's uh, it was a situation where it's like they can the, the Leafs could ask for whatever they wanted, but Detroit it was a lot easier for Detroit to say no, we're not paying that. Than it would was for um, for Toronto to say, look, this is what you're giving us for this guy, because Planoth is a he's not he wouldn't be traded to be the guy in in Detroit. The whole point of getting him out of Toronto would be so that he wouldn't have to be that guy, and B his contract is awful. So yeah, it's, unless yeah. they're unless they're retaining salary, the Leafs are really kind of going to be dealing from the position of weakness because. Everybody knows that they're the ones trying to get rid of this contract so that mm-hmm. they can go full on tank and rebuild. Although now at this point it doesn't matter because they're in tank mode. They're going to try. They're going to trade out the draft. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll depend on what happens. I know a lot of people are saying, "Hey, revisit this at the draft." I until Fanuf is moved, I think that that rumor is going to remain out there just because they did have the, the interest in him at one time. But uh-huh. um, I, I think that unless it is a dollar-in, dollar-out type of situation, I don't think the Leafs are going to do what they did, like where they with getting rid of Clarkson, for example, or, or right. taking on Brewer, where they can kind of use their financial clout to, to kind of get a deal and take a bad contract. The Wings have the same amount of money. I mean, the Wings can – Illich will put real dollars into, you know, the kind of the bad contracts. It's about cap space. So mm-hmm. that's why with with Toronto trading him to Detroit, that's why they'd have to retain salaries because Detroit doesn't want to give up the cap space. So Okay, we do have I, to answer a, a question that keeps coming up with Sanu. First of all, I want to make a bold prediction and say that one way or another, 
uh, Dion Phaneuf will be coached by Mike, Mike Babcock next season. Huh. Fuck you. <laughs> but we do need so to answer Phaneuf, it's So Phaneuf's of... getting traded to Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah, oh. Of course. Anaheim. Hey, yo. And it's going to be Anaheim. There are still a lot of people who believe that uh, Phaneuf sucks at hockey. And, and we've been talking about, you know, as, as though this is kind of like a a done deal, absolutely do this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but he's got a lot of critics, a, a lot of uh, reason responses that he's just not very good. He's, you know, not nice in the locker room. He's not well-liked. Um, he's a mistake machine in in the zone. I mean, we know that he can score points, but how <clears throat> is it just that, that we think that under a system that's not garbage like Detroit, he would flourish and find his, his Calgary ways again? I don't know. I mean, it's such it's a gamble. I feel like that I I and I'm completely guilty of saying it is that oh yeah, but if you bring it to the immaculate immaculate Mike Babcock system, everything's going to be fine. That's not always the case. I mean, look at Yaxi Kindle. The guy's a fucking mess, and he's he's never he's not going to get fixed. Um, you know, I mean, am I? Dion Phaneuf is way better than Yaxi Kindle, yeah, um, but. It's just like, I think that it's just kind of become like a scapegoat. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, Babcock system this, Babcock system that. You know, um, Babcock still has bad tendencies. You know, we see it every game or, you know, you know he, he has, they're there. He's, a, he's human. Um, do I think that Phaneuf would come here and be some sort of, like, bona fide top tier guy? Um I think that acquire if you acquire Dion Phaneuf, you still don't have a true number one because I am the per- I am the guy who thinks that Cronwall isn't a number one. So, um, but they do fine without like a true like top, you know, like top guy like, like a Shea Weber or a um, I don't know who some other douchebag. Um, anybody, um, Shatton Curtis or, or Petrangelo, I don't know, whatever. Dowdy. Uh, yeah. True Dowdy. Yeah, Dowdy. that's a good douchebag. True, true douchebag. True douchebag. True Dowdy. Um, so, I, I, you know, they do fine without one of those, which is great, but um, I, I just think that it would be one of those things where it would be great to have, but I just don't know if you put him at the same amount of, like, if the, the same assignments that, like, say, Erickson gets, I mean, the guy could still be prone for the same exact mistakes. And the, you know, he, I mean, it could be the same thing. It could be even worse. I haven't even looked at what it is like in Toronto. I'm assuming that it's heavy, but, I mean, <clears throat> Cronwell and Erickson get fucking dragged through the mud. <laughs> but that's what they're there for. True, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I'm not convinced that he would uh, step in and be like, you know, ace, mister, you know, like fucking, I don't know, Pegasus stomping through the field and fucking killing off orcs and rainbows and shit. I don't know what I'm talking about at this point, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> All right. 
but I, I also think that uh, that's exactly why we're expecting uh, Dion Phaneuf at $5 million and not Dion Phaneuf at $7 million. Right, yeah. $7 million is ridiculous. That's really bad. That, is that the worst contract in hockey? I feel like it's got to be. Um, Clarkson's contract is still probably worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, Phaneuf at least is still – I mean, he's still – no matter what you think, he can still contribute. I mean, Clarkson is – Clarkson never yeah. had any sort of track record to justify that contract. I mean, Phaneuf had been well, a number one in, in Calgary and, and had been very good. Phaneuf, Clarkson had was one a, run. Yeah. He had that one, like, 30-goal season or something. I don't know. It might have been less. <clears throat> That was the year they went to the finals, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his, 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 the final year of his deal in Jersey. He scored 30, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they went to the finals, and he had and he had a really good playoff run, too. He, he scored a bunch of goals in the playoffs. And, yeah, I mean, he basically – he got the Matt Niskanen deal where he capitalized on a, on a crazy career year going into his unrestricted free agency and then yeah. signed that – signed a huge deal. And it's, it was – and it was a – stupid deal from the moment it was signed. But he was also the most attractive piece of a, an actually crappy uh, free agent class that year, too. So. Right. I don't know. I still think Fudo is really bad. Or the, the contract is really bad. And, uh, they should feel bad for signing him like that. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Bad contract, I mean, man. I'm... I think if they were to get Phaneuf, I think what they would have to do is they would have to not only trade, I think Weiss would have to go for the money to work. Yeah, yeah. It would be putting money out for sure. I think you'd actually be looking at um, not only send, like Weiss Kindle would work perfectly, but I think you, I personally, I think you'd still have to send another defenseman away. Not to Toronto, just, just off the roster. Right. Because you've got because then you've got Phaneuf locked up for five or six more years, so it, you know it's not like bringing him to Licky where you take a run and then go, well, you know it didn't work out. Peace out, Merrick. Go back to New Jersey and you know do what you want to do. It's um, you know you actually have to think about that long term. And so if Phaneuf is here for the next five years, that's a spot that a young that a kid can't take. Yep. So then it's you know what do you do with that? I mean because. Next year, Let and Marchenko, I think, have to both be Red Wings next year. I think they both and, they should be full-time Red Wings. So if you bring Phaneuf in, you know, and you've got Cronwall and you've got Erickson, you've still got Quincy one more year and you've got Smith, that's five. So now you've, you've, yeah. you've prevented one of them becoming a Red Wing, so you're going to move somebody else, and it would be, I think it would be Smith because he's probably the easiest to move. You, you forgot the Kaiser, too. And the Kaiser. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's I, I'm glad they didn't do it. I'm really happy they didn't trade for Phaneuf. I am too. You know, I'm not happy about. Going to. What? I'm not happy that we don't play again until Wednesday because I want to see our new toys on the ice like immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I, I I've been thinking about that all day long. Like, I mean, I, I guess I am kind of glad because that was a brutal trip and the Red Wings need the rest. But uh, right, it's annoying. Like I. And uh, we've been talking about uh, 
uh, Zabitsky and, and Phaneuf and all this, uh, we've really overlooked uh, Eric Cole so far because I think that that's a, that's a potential real good pick up there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I liked it. Um, initially, I was like, oh, I don't know about it. But the more I thought about it, I looked at, you know, I looked at his numbers. He's, he's playing well. He's playing in a, in a good role. Like, he's got a good line mates in, in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and Hemsky, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that was the, the, who he's played with the most. I mean, that's a, that's a good line. I think playing with Zetterberg and Nyquist, which is what I would anticipate his line to be, I think that's easily comparable to what he's playing with in Dallas. Um, so there shouldn't be much of a drop-off. I know the the concern that we heard from some folks was uh, his shooting percentage being high. Uh, <laughs> I think he's shooting, what, 16% in his career 12? 18. He's shooting 18, and he's a yeah. career 12. So, yeah. Is that going to drop? Probably. But, I mean, I'm not – over the last 20 games, I'm not expecting him to score 10 goals. I mean, if he comes in right. – I think if he comes in and scores six goals over 20 games, be pretty happy with that. He's going to play in the power play, so um, he, which is it's going to be make a good power play better. Um, I think he takes. I think he moves Abdelkader down to a line where he can be still effective, and I think he gives them another another scoring line because I think you can free up now and make a really strong third line. Yeah. Yeah, because you can uh, essentially, you know, you've got Mike Zetterberg um, and then Cole, and then you'll have uh, I assume, which I assume will be Datsuk, Tatar, and Ablocator. But then, um, and then you've got what Shan, um, and I mean that's pretty much. I mean, until Helm comes back, you're kind of you're still Shan Weiss Pokemon. Well, if Vulcan if Vulcan comes back up, yeah. I don't know if they're going to pull him back up or not. I mean, he was sent down, and um, you know, we all know that that was probably just a paper transaction. But I mean, yeah, they got to call him back up. He's been he's been fucking great. Yeah, I think and, he also does is uh, he puts a ripple effect in the lineup. Uh, assuming that that once Helm gets healthy again, uh, he can. I would guess he would go right back to playing with with Datsuk and, and Tatar because I I don't know necessarily that you break up that line because uh, it's been yeah, yeah. the yeah. most productive yeah. line in for the Red Wings in 2015. Um, and Abdulkader is is a guy who can easily move down to the third line. He can move down to the fourth line. He's a he's a pure utility guy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, this year he honestly he makes his line mates better. So so make that happen. Um, but the other thing that it ha- that that lets you do that is you can put Cole on even a second power play unit where Helm has been playing the net front. Uh, you use Cole there instead for, for his size and his finishing ability. Uh, you can cut back on Helm's power play time, which gives you a little bit more PK time to give Helm, which lets you replace Joachim Anderson in the lineup, which mm-hmm. I'm all for. I love, mm-hmm. I love Joker. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy. He, he gets shit upon a little bit more than he should, but, uh, yeah, if, I mean, when when business comes down to business, take a mind in the woodshed and, and put a shovel in him. Right. I don't care. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. the whole pick was a good one. And, and you know, we talked about the return for Zidlicky with just being the third. The, the return 
I think more people looked at it as an overpayment because it was the second. People see a second and two prospects, but, I mean, you know, those two prospects, they were never going to be Red Wings ever. I mean, they were so far down the depth chart. Backman was, I mean, Backman, the minute Backman went back to Sweden, he was Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no way he was in the end up point. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, uh, if anything, when you look at the who the coaches are, um, you know, re- leaving because you're not getting playing time is those neither coach is going to respond positively to that. I mean, yeah. I just can't think of a coach in the NHL that's going to be like, oh, oh, you threatened us. Okay, well here you go, here's your ice time. So, but definitely not Babcock <laughs> or Blashel. Um yeah. So that's it. And Janmark, I mean, I think it was Malik was saying that. Um, Hockett Anderson is actually on the board of his Swedish team. And so it's mm-hmm. like it, basically the insinuation that it is that if the Red Wings made that trade, they're not making that trade without some input from him. And if he's on the board and and he gets traded, I think we can kind of go, uh, maybe he's not quite as good as people think he's going to be. Um, right. And I also believe, and I said this, I think I said this in our, in our group chat yesterday, um, the emergence of Riley Shan made Janmark yeah. expendable because he's yeah. proven to be more than just a checking center, which is what he was always, what his ceiling seemed to be. Now you're talking about a guy who could at some point legitimately be a second line center. And so, you know, with him, you've got Datsuk and Zetterberg, you've got how many wing, how many wingers on this team are actually natural centers that are playing wing Glenn Denning, Anderson, all of them. Wise. Nyquist. No, yeah. No. Wise, Nyquist Ny- were drafted as center. Yeah, Nyquist is a center. So you've got all these these centers um, on the team. Then you've got um, you got Larkin, um, you know, who at some point will be up there. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing others. That, What's that? Uh, Holmstrom. Uh, yeah. yeah, Axel Holmstrom. That was the A-A. other one. Yep. Is he a center? He's a center? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the, Red Wings was, uh, drafted, the Red Wings drafted five centers last year, remember? And Turgeon. He was, Turgeon's a center too, right? Turgeon, yeah. Yeah, yep. so, yeah Holmstrom so, was Nylander's center at the World Juniors, and uh, he, uh, yeah. he really made a name for himself. I think he's, he's actually gnarly. the one who's, who's really uh, responsible for, for the Wings being able to move on. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, same here. He's a... Uh, he's, like, you know, obviously you can't tell right now. Like, he, the kid's only 18 years old, but he's uh, he's just the way he plays. He's just like you know, he's got like, you know, he can make plays and he can just be a fucking bulldog. So, I mean, he's great, but you know, he's only 18 and he plays in Sweden, so we'll just fuck off with that for now. Yeah, but I mean, from a from a prospect depth perspective, that puts Jan so far down. That yeah, you know, so and, and this is what we've been saying all along is, and Kyle, I know you've said this a hundred times. If you've got, if you've built up this farm system and you've built up all these prospects, they're all not going to become Red Wings. So start to use them right. as assets to trade, and that's exactly what Holland did. He took two guys who were never going to be a part of the NHL team, and he traded them for somebody who is going to, in theory, make the team better and give them a better chance at winning a Stanley Cup. It's the perfect trade. And then he's, you know, he's throwing the pick because Dallas is, Dallas is going to be 
tanking. I don't want to call it tanking, but, I mean, their prospects at making the playoffs are pretty much done now that Sagan's out and, you know, because they still have Kari Letton in. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they want to build up as many draft picks as they can um, so that they can, you know, kind of build around what they're doing down there. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a good trade for both teams. Right. Yeah, I didn't really love that part because a lot of the talk has been, you know, this whole season we've been hemming and hawing and arguing and and biting each other's necks over, oh, are they going to have to trade away Pulkin or trade away Yurko or trade away, you know, everybody wants Manta and Larkin. And then Ken Holland makes this trade with these two prospects, and they're like, oh, yeah, they existed. And, uh, yeah, they were not ever going to make the club. So, I mean, good luck to both of them in Dallas. I don't give a shit. But, oh, yeah. um, I I thought that it was it was great use of, of asset management considering how long we've been saying we've got this glut of prospects that uh, that we may as well start spending. So he spent them. Yeah, he did. All he right, did so, indeed. Uh, another another question from the chat. Uh, we've got uh, Dan is asking uh, who are the favorites in the East now, and can the East compete with the uh, the the cream of the West? which he's calling the present ducks, which I, I, I don't really have yeah. much of an argument there. Uh, honestly, I don't think the East changed that much. I think the Rangers boosted themselves up into the conversation a little bit, but I mean, I think every East team got better. I mean, Detroit got better with Cole and Zidlicky. Montreal got better with Petrie. Um, Tampa got better with Coburn. And I don't think they lost that much with Connolly going to, to Boston. Um, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh made their big move getting Perron. I don't understand the Lovejoy for Dupre trade, but that's me. Yeah, um, that's a bad trade. I don't know. I mean, the Islanders, um, the Islanders got better. The Rangers got better. <clears throat> I think everybody just. I think every single East contender just took one more step forward to separate themselves from the pack. Uh, I, I mean. East. I sort of different. I, I have a different opinion there because I think where where uh, like the Rangers, for instance, got good, got better, they got worse in a different. You know, because obviously they're losing to Claire, which is their top prospect, which is you know whatever. But you know they did trade up John Moore too, who isn't you know he's not a flashy offensive defenseman, but Key Candle is not a a heavy defenseman. So they lost a little bit of their. Uh, I don't. They got softer basically, and um, I think that it is so imperative for teams to be. You can't play soft in the playoffs. You have to be. You have to grind. You have to. You know. You know what I mean. I mean that's that's. You how play a heavy game. Look at the. Mm-hmm. You have to play a heavy fucking game. Look at the teams who have won in recent, <laughs> recent years. They can all play a heavy games. Just for fun, uh, the Rangers beat the Predators four to one, handing the Predators their third straight regulation <laughs> loss. Uh, Keith Yandel did play in that game. Remember the goal? The score was four to one Rangers. Yandel was a minus one. <laughs> the only there player on the team. I have no context about that minus. <clears throat> no, I don't care. It's just that's funny to me. That's esque <laughs> I mean, but to answer the question, I I still think it's Montreal. I mean, they're Carey Price. I think makes the difference between them and everybody else. I think it's Tampa. I think Tampa's a better team top to bottom. 
I think I agree. But it, it's dependent on Bishop. Uh, but if Bishop, if Bishop gives them good goaltending, I think Tampa's better than Montreal because I think Montreal is all price, and I, he certainly has the ability to steal a series. But um, now I've I've maintained for about the last two months that Tampa's the best team in the East. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna move away from that. Montreal got better though with Petrie. Montreal like Petrie makes them better. But they they're still going to have trouble getting any sort of depth scoring because they're so top heavy. But as for the second part yeah. of the question, beating the West, I I think so. I think any I think any of the good teams in the East could beat any of the good teams in the West. Just Ducks and I mean the the Hawks are the Hawks are going to be good still. Um, although I, they don't something about the Hawks just doesn't quite scare me this year as much as it did in the well, last couple of years. That, Bad chemistry in the room there. Well, I mean, yep. they obviously all hate. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but the Hawks are good. I, I think the um, the Hawks definitely went all in, though. I mean, you know, with Vermette and uh, Timonen, that's that's like a that's as all in as you can get. Because they gave up yeah. quite a bit for the two of them. Um, the Kings are going to – the Kings, oh, my God, are, are on such a, a tear, although they've lost three in a row now. But they're back in the playoffs. If they're in, they're always a threat. Uh, the Ducks got better. Yeah, James Wisniewski to the Ducks was a, a sneaky good move that I, I wasn't expecting. They didn't give up a ton. I mean, they gave up Carlson. Yeah. Carlson's a pick and somebody. But it wasn't like anybody that I thought, holy crap, they gave up that for Wisniewski? But I also think that they won that trade when they got uh, Yuri Seacash. Seacash? Seacash? Whatever. Uh, for Devontae Seacash. Yeah, yeah, that was a good trade for sure. Michel Therrien's a fucking idiot. Because he's the the reason why that kid got traded. Yeah. You see, every team that's that's got a a chance to win the Cup, and you just see that there's no team that doesn't have a hole. I mean... The Kings are are so wildly inconsistent. They uh, they're prone to taking penalties, and and Jonathan Quick is is capable of, of some real fucking stinkers. Um, the Ducks, for as as good as they've gotten, I mean their defense has been iffy. I'm not sure that that James Wisniewski is actually a defensive upgrade for them as as much as as he's better at creating offense. Um, yeah, they're generally a one line team. Um, the Preds, I am finding hard to find holes in them, but I just I don't believe it. Like I, I don't know how their forward depth works because Mike Ribeiro is obviously having a great season, and, and they've got James Neal who's good at scoring, but like Craig Smith and that I have to take him seriously. I don't know. I just I don't get it with them. They're just good somehow. Yeah, I, uh, it's because the they're so, it's because their their defense is so fucking good. Kelly, their defense is yeah, Kelly on too. Yeah, to me the the True. Preds are are the Montreal West. <clears throat> I mean, they'll go as I think they'll go as far as Rennie takes them. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, the Blues and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the Habs. The Habs. Oh yeah, so, the Blues. Yeah. Don't sleep on so the Jets. Like last year, it was the Rangers <laughs> making the the Cup Finals, and everybody uh, with with any sense knew that they were. That was a sacrificial lamb. The Royal Cup final was the Western Conference final. I don't mm-hmm. get that same feeling this this year. I think that the 
the competitors from the East have a good shot of, of taking advantage of, of the holes that are in the West, uh, just as well as vice versa. Cause basically every Eastern team has a, has a pretty big hole too. You know, Montreal mm-hmm. leans really heavily on price, uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, they've made strides to improve their defense, but I don't know. They're a high flying offense, but they, I'm not sure that, that Ben Bishop can, can handle that. Um, right. Pittsburgh has, has alternately looked between like a, a cup contender and looking like a bubble team. I don't know, uh, what's going on with them. The Islanders get uh, iffy goaltending. I'm not sold on the Rangers as far as uh, as depth scoring. The Red Wings, we know everything about them, so we, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about their holes, but I think we got a, a good chance. It just sucks that we're going to have to play Tampa in the first round. Just get home ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's crucial they get home ice. I mean, they're in, they're in a good position to do it. They are because uh, Tampa plays. I mean, we've said this before. Tampa plays Montreal three times in March, and Detroit's got the games in hand. So, <laughs> if you give up on the idea of winning the division, you just think to yourself, okay, hopefully Montreal can beat Tampa in those games, and Detroit can win their games in hand. Uh, Detroit just needs to win their games in hand, and they're they're three points ahead. But that's not how it works. So. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I just just know three point games. That's it. When they play. Yeah, yeah, they gotta, they got they gotta shut them out for sure. They're gonna be. actually. There's always three point say, games. We're talking trade deadline, but can, for just a moment, can we just talk about how great that road trip was? Four one yeah. one. I mean, I, we we talked about it. We said, look, I think the consensus was. Six points, six out of twelve points would be a, a good trip, and uh, they won the first two, and got a, about the fifth point in Anaheim. And I thought, God, if they don't get to six points, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start cutting myself because there's no <laughs> way that they shouldn't get six points. And then they lost to a hot LA team, which was fine. They actually played well against LA. Um, yeah. The one thing about that trip is. It wasn't the most consistent, but I don't. There was not a single game where the Red Wings were ever out of it of the two they lost, and in the ones they won against Chicago, and against San Jose, they played really, really strong games in the second half of those games. Yeah, I mean they they throttled the Ducks. They they controlled that game. Well, what for two periods, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of like fifty the, minutes, the yeah. Band. They took a poopy pants, and then, uh, you know, it's just you can't do that. You can't do that if you don't have a goaltender like Gary Price. You know, Jimmy Howard is good, but he's not fucking – he's not Gary Price. He can't even hold Jerry, Gary Price's jockstrap. So, I mean, um, you, you know, you just have to play 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's just like – it was so funny because we lost in the shootout in Anna. It was a shootout, right? Yeah, it was a shootout. Anaheim, yeah. and um, and then we lost against against um, L.A. And I remember, like after the L.A. game, I was like, "God, fucking damn it, this <laughs> shit sucks!" Like, what the hell is wrong with the team? And then you know they turn around and they come out to San Jose, and you know, I mean, San Jose isn't good. I mean, they're, let's be honest, they've got problems, obviously. Um, you know, they they they're like like in limbo. It's like, are we gonna rebuild our team or what What the fuck are we going to do? Um, and, uh, you know, 
But, you know, there's still a team who has a really good core of players. they got Brent Burns. They've got um, Anthony Yemi, who I still think is a good goalie. Um, you know, and Marlowe and Kutcher, um, even though he's a shit box. And then, you know, Joe Thornton. Um, you know, and then and then you win against uh, against the Preds, you know. Maybe it's not the way you wanted to win. You were outshot both games, but um, just fucking win. That's all that matters, really. So, what was it? The Sharks game was it? The first period that was awful, and they held them to was it six yeah. shots or something. The last two yeah, periods, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I think they. It was eight the shots after the first period. Yeah, I think they said at one that. point it was like there was like a. An eight-minute stretch. Granted, the Wings had power plays, but there was like an eight-minute stretch where the only shot San Jose had was like a weak backhand from center mm-hmm. that happened to hit Howard. Yeah, yeah they outshot uh, Detroit fourteen to four in the first, and then San Jose finished the game twenty-two total shots on net. Two of those shots on net came in the third, and Fear the Fin didn't count either of those two shots as uh, scoring chances. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they put that shit on lockdown. That was yeah, the, yeah. That was an impressive forty minutes. It was, and against a team that has absolutely dominated them for the last couple of years, it was nice that they got that win against San Jose because I've just been tired of them losing to the Sharks for the last few years. So that was a great trip. I, I mean, the Chicago win was great because the Chicago was the same thing. They kind of weathered the storm for the first period and then just slowly took over. And, you know, by the end of that game, Detroit, I thought, was the better team in that game uh, and actually got a shootout win, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, And then, of course, the Dallas game. So, now, nine points, uh, I mean, I, I it was great. I was drugged up for most of it. So, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was nice. Like, the Anaheim game, I really don't, I don't recall it, but... Uh, no, good try. And then to finish it off with a, a really strong performance against Nashville, um, I admit when they fell behind three two, I thought, oh, okay, this is this is the fatigue of a of a team that's been on the road for a long time and had a really rough month. Just you know, this is it. Whatever. Nashville's good, I guess. And then, you know, two late goals and game winner. It's like, oh, I guess uh, I don't know. Just. There's such a different vibe with this team this year than last year. Last year they would have they would have folded, falling behind like that to Nashville. They would have lost like six two. This year, I don't know. It's it's they're fun to watch. Yeah, they are. Even when they're playing like shit. Well, no, there's they, it sucks to watch them play like shit. But well, that's the thing. You I mean, can always when, find joy in them. When the wings when the wings suck this year, they suck. like there's no question that it's just not their night. Like when they lose, yeah. it's not they don't lose a lot of games, um, you know where they're not playing well and they kind of but they're still in it. Like if they're not playing well, they just get blown out. And where it's five nothing after the second period, like okay, whatever. Right. So you take a, the number one power play in the league. And you add two weapons. To, you add two things that make it better. Will make it better. So, um, fucking a. Fucking but a. But of course, the the the, the looming con- the concern is that the team needs to be better at five or you know even strength scoring, and those players can also contribute to that. So, um, yeah, it's a 
it's good. It's, it was a it was a good trade deadline. Um, they didn't give up any players from the roster, you know, and uh, that's uh, that's that's a bingo. So Ken Holland <clears throat> did himself a good. Yeah, you know the thing with the power play is the power play is clicking at such a strong rate. Um, yeah, I've been worried about it coming back down to earth a little bit. So will, I think I, mean, I, yeah. I think, but I think adding two players who are both going to help because Zidlicki is going to is going to help the power play, no question, because he's a he's a really strong power play quarterback. And then Cole is, I would imagine, he's going to take that that net front kind of presence. Um, you know, he'll be the the piano mover of the uh, probably I would guess the second line. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they might be able to kind of prevent too far of a regression because they're, they've relied so much on um, on their power play to score goals over the last several weeks that uh, um, if that starts to falter and they don't pick up the even strength scoring, they're, they're going to be in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the flip side of this deal with Sid Lickie is I think he's actually going to make them hopefully kind of increase the amount of scoring that they do at even strength because you've got now another puck-moving defenseman who can play and and kind of help with the transition game, but he can play with the, you know, with that the Riley Shan line, for example. So now you've got a strong guy on the back end who can get them the puck and get them in transition and hopefully create offense. Because that's, I, you know, I think we talked about it in our, in our chat, is there... Mm-hmm. They were twenty third or twenty third or twenty fourth in goals four per sixty at even strength. Yeah. So, you know, they score. They're, they're great at goals against. They're second, even strength um, goals against. But twenty fourth is not good enough. And and you know, getting into the playoffs, that's my concern is that they're just not going to be able to score enough to keep up with Tampa or Montreal. So. I think the moves were strong, and that's why when people said that they didn't understand why the Wings went for a forward, it's like, look at the look at these numbers. That's why they got a forward. They they need to score more. They can't just win on yeah. the backs of shot suppression and and low goals against. Because if Howard, God forbid, if he does falter, they're they're going to need the offense to offset that. Right. Yeah. Plus, I think it's really great to. Uh insurance against Franzen not coming back. Because although it doesn't appear as though the Red Wings have missed Franzen because he'd gone uh, cold before he got hurt anyway, uh, still, I mean, that's the thing. Franzen went so cold for, like, it seemed like forever. And still, he had he was like a .67 points per game player um, that we just kind of lost off our, our roster. And I don't think that, that losing... Franz and at least what Franz should be, <laughs> I don't think it made the Red Wings better. So, I think adding Cole to to add that back in, especially since he does, he's the kind of guy who who leans on defenders, and I think that he's he's the kind of guy who over the course of a seven game series will wear out defenses. Uh, he doesn't uh, necessarily mm-hmm. hurt them, but the more the the kind of guy who's got the push to the middle, he's not afraid to to try that outside inside move uh, and just create chaos. Um, that uh, that creates a lot of mistakes, and uh, on the road trip, even though the road trip was was very successful, 
there was basically the the biggest problem they had was uh, guys not being able to push to the middle against the bigger defenses. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Like I said yep. before, if you're gonna play, if you're gonna play answer. in the playoffs, you, you, if you're gonna be in the playoffs, you gotta play heavy games. And um, I think that Cole brings a heavy fucking game. So. Um, that hopefully is, he'll uh, score a goal in the playoffs too. <laughs> what? Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he'll score a goal in the playoffs too. Yeah, we, we want that to happen for sure. If we're going to be has, successful, we got to have it. Since what, 2002 is the last time he scored a playoff goal? Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, 30, 34 games. Now, keep in mind, I think they said it's, it's 34 games since 2002. And remember, in 2006, they won the Cup, and he played he, in like 20 games. He didn't know. I don't know. He he got hurt in May that year, and he didn't play till game six and seven of the Cup final, I think. Didn't he? Yeah, I'm, I I, he know. didn't play till the Cup. It was he had like eighteen games or something in the oh eight oh nine run when Carolina went to the conference final and lost to Pittsburgh. Well, Eric, a cold coming into Detroit uh, with six points over his last six games, where he's averaging just south about south of like 18 minutes a game so you know and you know he's generate. you know he takes shots too you know I mean he, he's got uh how many shots he got on the season I don't know he's got shots on the season so 73 um what I don't know I think it's 73 <laughs> I'm guessing no I'm sorry that's how many shots Jericho has 98 yeah close enough he has 98 he has 98 shots and he's got 18 goals. That's why he's got a high shooting percentage, yeah. Right, but it just seems like that's a low amount of shots for a guy playing with Spezza and Hensky. And he gets power play time. Especially since Hensky never shoots. And Spezza's always been known as a playmaker as well. It just just strikes me as odd that he has so few shots. In I don't what, explain why Dallas is shit this year. 50, was it 50 games, 60 games? I don't remember how many. I don't know how many he's played. There's a question in the chat um, from Paul. He says, throughout the season, either the penalty kill has been fantastic or the power play. Uh, they have not been both absolutely fantastic at the same time yet. Which one will be the decision maker in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. If they play, yeah. If they play Tampa, the PK. If they play Montreal, the power play. Because you have to play to the strength of the other team, and you want to offset it. So, Tampa has a has a great power play. The PK can shut them down. That gives them a. That, I think that gives Detroit a better chance to win. If they well, play Montreal, goals are going to be really hard to come by. So, if you can score on the power play when you have the opportunity, that's better. I mean, just in general. I mean, we just talked about them not being great at scoring five and five. So you would think the power play, but obviously. I lean towards the PK just because defense wins championships. So I'd like to Not see some more short-handed goals. goals. Um, no, I'm going to say that it's uh, it's the power play because I think that the Red Wings are going to get more chances on the power play than they're going to have on the PK, and so having uh, the better option in in the chance where you're going to have more chances is is better. Especially you get the leads and you take the leads, and and that's how you win. 
Well, I mean, the other part of that, too, is that you get so few power, you get fewer power plays in the in the uh, playoffs, so you got to take advantage of them. Right. Although I, I think I read, I'm trying to remember Aren't there more in the first round? I think there are, but if you want to, if you want to advance beyond that, I think it doesn't matter. I think, and but I want to say though, I think it might have been Adam Gretz who did a who did a look at it, and they actually found that of the teams that have won recently, the power play was the least important of the kind of the, either of special teams or just like he looked at like several different statistics and looked at their ranks going into the playoffs, and I think it was mm-hmm. Boston in eleven and Chicago in ten. Both had power plays that I think were in the twenties in terms of their ranking, and they both obviously won. Right. So, I think we could say it's the power play, but I think the history suggests that it's that it's not as important. That it's more the PK. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think you're right there. Well, we, like scoring goals. we got a we got a pretty good PK as well. So. So we got anything so else? Uh, I mean, I don't know. We could uh, Ooh, talk I mean, about I mean, other trades you want. I mean, Boston. What a bunch of fucking losers. I uh, just two, it's hilarious. The, the two second the round picks for Connolly. It's basically Boychuk for Connolly. Because <laughs> they got and, two seconds for Boychuk. Oh yeah, that's right. That's fall, it's funny. Boston, the fall from from where they were t- two years ago, and that you know, when then they did realignment. So Boston was basically on top of the Atlantic Division for one year, and now, I, I, they're they're bad. They're they're bad this year, and they're not going to get better. They're going in the wrong direction. I um, one of the guys I said to somebody on Twitter that the. Bruins this year reminds me of the the Red Wings last year with the moves that they made, where it was like total panic, like holy shit, we just have to get in the playoffs. Um, and he yeah, said, I mean, they got yeah, him. but he said, yeah, but going in the wrong direction. They so, got Max Talbot. I mean, what the what? That's that's the that is the David Legwand Bruin, trade Bruins version. Yeah, but at least Legwand oh, before they gave like, up Carano, who sucked. Yeah, but it's just yeah. like I mean, <clears throat> Karan Karan was at least I mean you doubled up salary there, and I think Talbot's got some term. I think he's got an extra year, doesn't he? He yeah. does. Yeah, he's got one more year. So it's just like you doubled up the salary for a, a I mean, what a marginally more use like a player that's more useful just by a margin. It's just like, dude, fuck, man. <laughs> I think the Avs actually retained half of Talbot's salary. Oh really? They retained oh, some of it. I don't know if it was half, but definitely some. Like nine hundred K? Ah, whatever. They're bad oh, and yeah. I I'm just praying that like I, the biggest thing other than the Red Wings doing really, really well in the, the playoffs, um the Panthers making the playoffs instead of Boston. Um well, just Sean for the Sean Thorne thing. Yeah. That's it, it has to happen. That's just too beautiful. Oh my god, the Boston yeah, that's way too good. The Boston media would just absolutely 
be hilarious. It would be hilarious to watch the Boston media because you know they're going to say it, and then the the fans react to that. Oh, it's just you phenomenal. have no idea. You have no idea how entertaining <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Just and imagine Joe Haggerty's feet all summer. Oh God, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. He'll be actually he would probably actually um uh campaign for Thornton to be to be actually made into the Hall of Fame. Because he was that <laughs> important to Boston. <laughs> yeah, sure, Boston. And I gotta say this. God bless Arizona and Buffalo committing to the tank. That was in yeah. Arizona, especially because There's I mean, you know, loaded. A couple months ago, a couple months ago, they were still, uh, you know, they weren't good. And I mean, they've never been good this year. But you talk about just understanding where your team is, and just like that's how you blow up a team. Is yeah. you trade everybody who is decent and not going to be part of the rebuild. Well, you figure that Arizona deciding. Do it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Arizona deciding, like, I don't know, 16 months after Buffalo to start tanking. I and know. the fact that, that they might do it better than Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. That, that's another thing that's, that's got to happen. Well, they did They did it right because, I mean, look at it. They're rebuilding, obviously. And so what do they do? They go and not only do they acquire a fuck ton of ticks, but they get, like, two really good prospects. Like they got, they got Duclair, who is gonna be a he's gonna be a great player one day. Um, and then you know they've got a, you know they got Domi, and then they've got a, a couple other really good players, and then you know they have a shot at getting David or Eichel. Um, and then they got that one prospect from St. Louis, who is apparently not too bad. Um, was their first so, round pick last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It wasn't last year. It was maybe the year before. Um, because last year they took uh, the Russian kid, Barbashev. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, they did it. They're doing it really well. And uh, it's actually, like, kind of impressive. You're like, wow. That's, all right. Good shit. Mm-hmm. You're committing to it, and you're not even fucking around with it. And it just shows you that hopefully Arizona one day will actually be like a strong like hockey market. And I believe that it will. If fuck if they get McDavid in there, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, they now nice have in our division. Yeah. yeah well, not, not even the cost here for them. Fuck. Like goodbye. Well, they now have <laughs> two first round picks in 2015 and two first round picks in 2016. Yeah. And 2016 is projected to be, a really strong draft as well. And that's the one that everybody's talking about. They're really tanking for because that's Austin Matthews who's from Arizona. Right. Yeah. That's the one. Yep. So the one they want. that's what everybody yeah. is thinking that they're like this. So Arizona's tank is a little bit more long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Buffalo's, you know, Buffalo's looking for McEichel because they're, I mean, they're at the point where they will, they're going to get one of them, but with Arizona, right. it's, I I think they want to get up there, and they obviously want to get a nice high pick, but I would bet that they have an eye towards 2016, getting Matthews. Yeah, I haven't even – I didn't even think about that, Austin Matthews. Damn, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, so yeah, – I love it in and, Seattle. And, um, you know, they've got the – with two picks, 
they, um, uh, they, they give themselves some flexibility if they want to make a trade. So if they pick up, say they get McDavid, for example, and I think they also have, they might even have two second round picks next year. Like I thought I read somewhere that they're, the amount of draft picks they have next year is ridiculous. So say they have a really strong draft and they get some guys and then maybe some, somebody comes on the market. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody that's going to help them who's young and they can give up one of those firsts in 2016. I think it's the Rangers. You know, mm-hmm. if you give up that one, now they've got some flexibility, but they still keep their own. So right. I, I think Arizona and Buffalo still have to play each other this year, if I remember correctly. And if they That'll do, be a great game. I will watch the shit out of that game. I think, honestly, I, I think it might be on the last day of the season. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to look now. I hope that comes out my meeting. Because I don't know if you see, like, if somebody actually will put a puck into his own net on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Boston plays Arizona. They play Arizona both in March. Um, They play them on the 26th and then again on the 30th. So they play them twice. Like, can you imagine if Buffalo is – like, if Buffalo or Arizona gets into the last game of the year, and they, and if they win, they'll go into 28th. But if they lose, they'll go to 29th. Can you imagine how many guys will suddenly come up injured in that game? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually upset uh, that the Red Wings don't play – have already played Buffalo a number of times, and they don't really play. I think they only play them one more time. We got Phoenix on the 24th. That's true. So we'll lose that one. Actually, I'm pissed off that we don't fucking play the Leafs. I want to play I them. Know. They're bad. I'm like, I, I want to, I want to PP on them. And the Leafs are the season series against us. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's fucking horseshit. I want the Leafs to win because the the last one of I our watched. worst is one of the worst games the Detroit played this season was against the Leafs. I remember it because it was the game Bozak scored a shorthanded goal, and I was like, just kill me. This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. That actually I, wasn't one of those games. They were goal, and I was, I was just so no, out of it. Like the worst third, that was their worst third period of the year. I remember that game. They were actually dominating oh. going into the third, and then Bozak scored that shorthanded breakaway, and then it like mm-hmm. it, it all of a sudden it ended 4-2, to two, and it was kind of like that was a shell shock of a game, but the – it was well, it was also a, a shit happens kind of performance. Whoa, San Jose's at three nothing on Montreal. I like it. It should uh, be like five nothing. The Price is having a good game too. Yeah, Detroit yeah. does get Arizona one more time this year. They do get Edmonton next week, and okay. they get uh, Carolina twice out of their last three games. They get Calgary too. Calgary. It's Calgary. 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 Whatever. You... That's from the guy who's been calling him Zidlicky all night. I didn't call him Zidlicky. I called him Zidlicky. I had it right the whole time. I know. I was talking about Graham. Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm yeah, calling him. Yeah. yeah, Graham, you douche. I don't care. That's what I'm calling him. Okay, well, I'm going to call it Calgary. No, because that's wrong. Oh, so is Zidlicky. Oh, wait to hear it. I thought that you said everybody pronounces it different. I said that. What? 
Yeah. Thanks for probably wrap this up. Yeah, this is a bad conversation. <laughs> so uh, any final hockey-related thoughts before we say goodbye? It was a good day. It's very yeah, deep. I think we a good team. I like our team. I, li- I like I our do. team, too. I like our team. And it's all because they finally started playing the kids this year. We all did for the last like two years. Uh, anyway, uh, the Red Wings are probably going to lose next Sunday, so I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, uh, you asked. So, because Jill's going to the game. Uh, great. Thanks a lot for nothing. Mm-hmm. But, but you guys can all see me on NBC sitting behind Claude Julian. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. But you got to give him a thumbs right. up like the whole game because that's how you're going to recognize Thumbs you. up. I'll do that. I'll be wearing the Brendan Smith jersey. Not oh, great. <laughs> Hopefully no one attacks me. Cool. So let's all just say goodbye because we're running okay. out of things to say. <laughs> Strong finish, boys. <laughs> Winging it, 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 winging it